You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Welcome, everybody, to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with me. I appreciate it. And to be here with another person that we have on the show today, her name is Christine Conti. And I was able to meet Christine with uh, through a mutual connection. So Lisa Doherty at the MedFit Network and MedFit Education. And I'm working on a project with them on the type 2 diabetes fitness specialist. And through that, they're working with other people to work on other specializations. And today I have Christine Conti here today, who's going to be, uh, who has finished up her specialization. We're going to have her talk about what she's going to be talking about. So Christine, a pleasure to have you. It is an absolute pleasure to, uh, to join you today, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. And Thank you so much for allowing me to really, you know, get the word out on another platform that is so important and on a topic that is just so meaningful and I'm so passionate about. So thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And we've actually met kind of very similar to this before, which is you were hosting a Mm -hmm. workshop for uh, or like a one hour program that I did for type two diabetes and you were the host of that. Now we're gonna switch the tables a little bit and I'll be the host on the podcast and you get to talk about your topic. So please tell everybody a little bit about you, your background and kind of the story leading up to the project that you worked on. I absolutely will, Rick. Thank you so much. So I grew up as a very high level volleyball player. I'm originally from New York and got to play, you know, throughout college and throughout Europe. And then I went into investment banking and, and that's where it started. So um, I pretty quickly realized that investment banking was not for me and I wanted to work with people. And I went and used my English and business degree, got my master's in English and wound up teaching, um, teaching was a professor in English and coaching in the meantime, over the course of, you know, 16 years, um, I love learning and I love the human body and was obsessed with anatomy and kinesiology and movement since it was such a part of my life, since I was about 10 years old playing competitive sports. And that's when I realized that this was something that was amazing. And every opportunity, every choice I made in my life was to be with people and really helping people live more quality lives. And fast forward, um, I've been in the fitness industry, I've had almost every certification under the books in the last 30 years or so. And decided that after I was diagnosed about 11 years ago with an advanced form of rheumatoid arthritis, um, the line was pretty clear in the sand that it was now or never. And that is when I started to live and realized that teaching was wonderful, but there was a bigger calling. Hmm. And I knew that when I was diagnosed, I went right back to this image of my grandmother and she died when I was 10 years old and she died of complications from the same disease that I was diagnosed with. She was left a quadriplegic for as far as I could remember. I never remember her walking. And that was a very powerful moment in my life of being dealt that card. And, you know, I sat back and I said to myself, all right, Christine, you got two choices right now. Either do something or do nothing. (laughs) Always choose something. And that is one of my favorite quotes by Wonder Woman. And that was it. I decided that that was my bucket list. I wanted to help other people live more quality lives through fitness and wellness and movement. So I literally was an experiment of one. Um, I've been through different forms of chemo. Um, I've been through trying all different nutrition and all different, you know, modes of um, fitness and whatnot, because I felt, well, you know what, I'm going to be moving until I can't move anymore. And not knowing whether it would be five years or 10 years or 15 years, or hopefully never, 
um, it was it was my turn to say, all right, you know what? How can I educate others so that they can prolong the onset of various diseases such as autoimmune disorders and arthritis? Yeah. And that is really the background of why I became so passionate about, you know, arthritis and just educating others to work with people like me. Yeah. So the program that you're working on, is that primarily a, a RA or do you go into osteoarthritis and the complications and the fitness approach to supporting that too? So it is called the Arthritis Fitness Specialist course because it actually goes through a an entire in-depth you know background of every type of arthritis. Okay. And if you are a fitness professional, one of the most important things you need to understand is that someone with arthritis or let's say, you know, Rick, you know, the course that you're writing, you can't go and train them like the general public. It's very different. And, you know, although I have a, a certain form of arthritis, that doesn't mean that someone with, um, you know, lupus or someone with osteoarthritis is going to be trained the same way as someone with rheumatoid arthritis. Where are they on the spectrum? Where, you know, what, what are their markers like? What, what are they doing when they flare up? Um, every fitness level, every level of that client is different. So what's important about this course specifically is that you're going to learn about every type of arthritis. And as a fitness professional, you need to know this. You need to know. I mean, if someone comes to you and they're like, hey, I've got ankylosing spondylitis and you're like, say what? Right, right. We want to at least know what these are, know what the symptoms are so that we can ask the right questions. I love that. And that's what needs to happen. I want to ask you a question about uh, a couple of words that you said that show up a lot. And I've worked with people and this word has come up before and I try to use it uh, to be careful. Right. We want to make sure we don't do anything that, quote, flares you up. Can you talk to us about what flare-ups can be and what that means for the training session for the fitness professional? So I wanted to say to lead up into that yeah. in, in my course, what I did was I sought out individuals that have all of the diseases that we go through. So I interviewed mm. people with rheumatoid arthritis. I interviewed people with osteoarthritis with, um, you know, ankylosing spondylitis, which really affects your spine. And, you know, I, I asked them to talk about, you know, what their experience is like and, and what their fitness experience. And one of the interviews that I did, and I mind you, I have an older one of my older sisters actually was diagnosed with arthritis as well and autoimmune. Okay. And I didn't I conducted an interview because her her situation is very different than mine, even though we are siblings. So yeah. I thought that that was, you know, how different things can affect you. And she said in her video, and these are all in the course, that she is deathly afraid to work with a trainer because she has worked with a trainer before who was not educated about arthritis. And it left her literally um, unable to stand on her feet and work for about a week and caused wow. her an extreme flare up. And now a flare up can be anything from, you know, your, your, your joints and your fingers are really swollen um, to having extreme shooting pain in your joints to, you know, feeling like almost feeling like you have breaks, like you're, you're, you know, when I, what, what notified myself that something was wrong is I thought I broke my hand. Wow. And that's, that's the amount of pain I was in. I'm like, oh, I must have sprained my fingers or something. And but not knowing that you did anything. Yeah. So it's almost like I explained to people that a flare could be if you've ever sprained your ankle and it gets swollen and it feels throbbing and it just won't go away. Yeah. That's what a flare up can feel like. Um, in addition, what what trainers don't always necessarily know is that 
many arthritis, you know, osteoarthritis is like an overuse, a PTSD. You know, many people think, oh, well, arthritis, it's just, oh, tennis elbow. I sprained, I broke my ankle when I was younger, but it's really not. The autoimmunes attack not only your joints, um, but it attacks your internal organs. So that is something sometimes that goes kind of, uh, you know, off of the analysis or when we're doing a client intake form or questions that is really important to ask about because a flare up, like you said, it could be swelling or you could have trouble breathing. You could have trouble digesting. Oh, wow. So there's so many different aspects and symptoms that you just, you don't know about because honestly, becoming a personal trainer or, you know, unless maybe you're a medical doctor, you're not going to learn about these things in a, just a basic personal training or group exercise program. No, Um, no, definitely not. I mean, there, there are so many things to talk about. It's not like we can put together a personal training certification that deals with every pathology and every, like that has to be a specialization. It has to be something that you get somebody that specializes in. So bless you for doing such things and putting together content that allows individuals to become a um, uh, an arthritis fitness specialist specifically designed primarily for fitness professionals, but not limited to pro- fitness professionals either, right? Like these are things that RNs can do and that dietitians can potentially do. And whether or not they're diagnosing or prescribing exercises, at least they understand the value that fitness can provide for this. Exactly. It's, I mean, this is all education. Education is power and education changes lives. And I always say, you know, when I talk about this specialization and Rick, same thing with you, um, you know, developing your courses. This is we're in this together. The word comorbidity. I have not used that word more in the last five years in my entire life, because you better believe I need someone like Rick, because guess what? You know how many people I work with with arthritis also have a form of diabetes. Yeah. And guess what? It's you're checking all these boxes. Now, if I don't know anything about diabetes, like that's a problem because now how do I say, all right, well, you've got arthritis and you've got diabetes and you've got this and you've got, how do I know if, you know, what are you eating? How does it affect when you come to me? Are are you on beta blockers? Are you? So one of the things that we talk about in, in this specialization is, you know, what are people taking? What, Let's educate the trainers about biologics. Let's educate them about, um, you know, nutrition. You're not a you're not a registered dietitian. You cannot be making specialized nutrition programs. But can you give an arthritic patient information about the Mediterranean diet? That's there's there's no such thing as anti-inflammatory diet, but. What there is, is, hey, you know what? I talk about the SOS. My arthritic clients, hey, guess what? I'm not putting you in food jail, but you know what? Sugar, oil, salt, the SOS is proven to increase inflammation in the body. So that's going to help you in the fitness realm, feeling good. And it's all, it's not just one component as a trainer, we all know we're almost as if we're fitness. I call it sometimes it's like a fitness psychologist is really, <laughs> you know, we're trying, to solve, we're trying to solve mysteries like, okay, that hurts. Is it related to the, this, is it, what did you do? You know? Yeah. And, and so let me go back through and introduce everybody back to you. This is Christine Conti and she has developed an arthritis fitness specialist course with the MedFit Education Network. And she is uh, she's talking to us today about the arthritis fitness specialization that she's been working on and how we can be supported through none other than education. And it won't come to a surprise to anybody listening to the podcast. This is 
an education podcast. It is a podcast designed for fitness professionals to be better at your profession, to support you in the process. I love it because this is something that NASM does and they offer it complimentary to anybody. So even if you're not a personal trainer, you're just a fitness enthusiast, then people listen to the podcast and they like to learn from it. This is an opportunity to go deep into a program. Now, when I say deep, I'm going to refer back to Christine about this, but it's not its not just a couple-hour workshop, I'm assuming. So, Christine, tell us a little bit about the length of the workshop, the depth of it, and, um, and continuing education credits, maybe? So, the... This is a this is a course. This was a this was a labor of love. Um, I call it a you know a love project. Um, it's not hard work. It was heart work. And when you take I this like course, you will realize that this is not just a here's a couple hours, read this thing, take a test, you're good. What happens with this is we really want to make a connection. Mm. We really want to show you the power of having the ability to connect to say to someone you know i have empathy and you know maybe i don't understand exactly what you're going through but i have the tools in order to help make this work with your help and i'd like to think of it as you are educating yourself to best help that person you are not telling them exactly what to do you are on the journey with them and the course starts out, it's about almost a 17-hour course. That there you, you go. All right. Yeah, that you, you, you can do on your own um, if you'd like. But the difference with this course that I really wanted to make stand out and make it different around the world is that it's not just a manual. You're not given a manual and given a test. What you are given is, yes, there is a manual because we all, we all have manuals. So there's a manual. There's about 14 different modules or sections that are broken down. And the first one is, you know, what is arthritis? What are the different types of arthritis? And it goes through exactly what they are and you get to read about it. But after that, what there is, is a presentation. So I'll get on there then and... I do a whole PowerPoint little presentation workshop and I revisit everything and I walk you through it in my own words and give you extra explanations. In addition, each little module or section has like a 10 question or 20 question multiple choice quiz. If you've read it and you've listened to me, you're good. In addition, you're going to see a video or maybe a podcast link that goes along with each section. And that's where that special connection comes in. So not only do you get to read about it for my, you know, visual learners, my auditory learners, they're going to be, you know, all into, you know, a big presentation with me and then a quiz review. And then you're going to make that personal connection with someone who has been through it. And that's your interview. And that's the personalization that comes with it. So each one of these sections has a real chance to take a deep dive into what is this? Give us an example. And how do people feel? So it's not just me talking. It's here. Here's an example of what we're talking about. And in addition to that, in some of these sections, there is a video library. So you have a library of all the breakdowns of what should you be doing on the different planes of the body with these certain uh, clients? So transverse, your sagittal, um, you know, your frontal planes, breaking down, how do you set up a work? How do you set up working with them? And what if, you know, what if this person has this weakness and, and what are some of the, you know, what are some modalities that you can use? What, what are straps for your wrists? Um, what is it like to, you know, why myofascial release could be good for arthritic clients? What if you're a gym owner? What if you're a trainer? What do I need? And how to go about really educating yourself with turnkey visual examples of, of these movements and what would it be like if you had arthritis? What sort of, I hate to say modifications, what um, options. I like to say I'm a fitness buffet. You've got lots of options okay. that you can give people. 
So there's so many different ways. So like you said, if you're an RN or a doctor and you're like, I don't know what she's talking about with, she said we should do, we should do uh, transverse options. Like I'm really good, but what does she mean? There's videos that show exactly what that is. Very nice. Very nice. So you've talked about, uh, you've talked about arthritis uh, up, up until now, and but there are different types of arthritis. I would like for you to just go into the types of arthritis that exist and educate us. So not so much on what the course is, but what the, the pathologies are. So tell us a little bit about uh, rheumatoid arthritis and what it does and how it affects people. And then kind of tick down the list of any other arthritises. I don't know how to conjugate that word, uh, but whatever <laughs> is left that you can talk us through because we want to learn a little bit about what's going on. So tell us. Okay. So I'll start with a couple. The, the most common type of arthritis is your osteoarthritis. Mm. And, you know, what happens is people talk about, you know, degenerative arthritis or the, you know, post-traumatic arthritis. That is your, hey, you know what? I was a great, awesome football star in high school and I just beat up my body. And again, maybe it's just from overuse. It, maybe you're maybe you were a hairdresser or a stylist and over the years you've overused those hands, the fingers, the joints. Right. It could be something like that. So don't think that you have to be this high level athlete. You don't. Um, so what happens is that the let's just say that your uh, your your muscles and joints and synovial fluid and there's a lot that goes on in your body that some people talk about fat pads in their knees um, so a lot of joints have issues with movement and mobility and it starts to break down eventually long story short um, bone on bone starts to happen mm -hmm. and it is extremely painful and you're you know that's when you start hearing the 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 cracking, the popping, people get bursitis, which is the calcium buildup in their, in their um, joints as well. It can be swollen. It can be, just be something that, hey, you know what? It's painful. Is it painful to the point where you need to go to the doctor? This is what we cover as well. So your osteoarthritis sometimes is simply strengthening the joint, strengthening the muscles around the joint. It could be you know, getting a cortisone shot, it could be, um, you know, uh, all the way up until surgery. But okay. that is your that's, that's what a lot of people go through. And it's really just the wear and tear from, you know, from life is, right. So I've, I've been that guy with um, a couple of knee surgeries on my right knee, uh, probably, you know, for the last 10 years, I could probably use another one. But when's a good time to have knee surgery? So the arthritis has been challenging, but what I will say is that I've avoided doing a lot of leg exercises because it hurt. Recently, I've been doing more leg exercises and I've actually, instead of like just trying to really do and push myself, doing a nice, slow, controlled build. And my knee has been so much better from actually doing more exercise. And one of the things that we know, people talk all the time that running is bad for you, running's bad for your knees. And we, the research doesn't show that, the research is showing more and more that people that are sedentary have far more osteoarthritis percentage-wise than the running population. So we like to point our fingers at things and say how bad they are. Some of it is simply that fitness, yes, is good for your osteoarthritis in many instances. What have you seen in the in the research and what you've done where you're like, hey, this is for osteoarthritis. Uh, these are things that can flare you up. And these are things that tend to be really good and help to support people to actually minimize the um, adverse feeling of the arthritis? What are some of the things that, that, that you found that help support it? The, the number one thing that you have to realize is that when you have arthritis, it is about movement. The yes. second you stop moving, it is all over. And I'm going to throw that quote. I'm going to give credit to Dr. El Khadi, which is a, a great 
um, rheumatoid um, or actually a great arthritis specialist um, in the New York, New Jersey area. And that is one of the things that he believed when, when I talked to him, that no matter what you are doing, you need to move. Now, movement, though, is very subjective because the movements that you need to do when you have arthritis are functional. There is no need to be, do, and I'm going to say it, there's no need to be doing burpees and backflips, hang clean, push pressing, lots of weight. There's no need. I want you to look around. What are you, what do you do? You have to squat up and down. I mean, we talk about, I, I say using the toilet bowl that we need to keep our hips and our knees moving. You're using stairs, picking up that leg. Um, you're using a, you're getting in a car and, and twisting and, and twisting to put your seatbelt on. The movements that you're going to do are functional. And if you can't explain to someone with arthritis why they are doing that movement, then there's probably something that's not right about that movement. And whether you have, you know, arthritis in your spine, even mm. I'd like to think of, there's many people that I've spoken with or that I've worked with that said, you know, Christine, like, you know, I'm really, um, I'm so sore. I have, you know, I have pain all the time. And I asked them, listen, there's, there's two things that need to happen. Number one, if the pain is so bad, you need to see your doctor and we need to, to you know, you need to see what's going on. The second thing is that what's worse? Is it remaining sedentary while your muscles atrophy and your joints become more stiff? Or is it being a little bit uncomfortable? And I'm not talking in pain. I'm not talking acute pain. I'm talking, is it better to be a little uncomfortable to move slowly, fluidly through these functional movements than do nothing at all? Because I'll go back to what I said before. The second you stop moving, it's all over. That's right. And I tell people a lot, and, and people that listen to the podcast are very familiar with this. I will say all the time, a little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. And so doing a little bit, because if a little bit is already more than what you're already doing, then just do a little bit. But sometimes people have an all or nothing mentality that I have to do everything. I have to get the 150 minutes of exercise in a week. But when you're doing zero minutes of exercise, then jumping from zero to 150 is significant. So maybe you need to work on the 15 minutes, not the 150 minutes. So trying to get that in and starting slowly and building into it. And one of the things you've said, and we talk about on this podcast regular, we talk about it specifically a lot more in the corrective exercise course than in any of our courses, which is referring out to a physician. And you mentioned if you are in pain, you've got some a flare up, something's going on, you need to talk to your physician about that. That is not the job of the fitness professional to take that on. It is fortunate that through movement, we may be able to help support that process but we're not going in trying to address people's pain. We're going in trying to address their movement. We may be going in trying to address their posture or their activity levels. But if somebody's in pain, we need to refer people in pain out. And certainly we need to avoid anything that exacerbates the pain. And you don't even need to be a trainer to know that. Like if anything hurts, that's not supposed to be felt. Like if you're doing bicep curls and you're not feeling it in your bicep, you're feeling something else going on in your elbow. I tell people the bendy parts shouldn't hurt, right? So if the joint hurts, it's probably not doing what your intention is. So very good. Thank you so much for mentioning the referring out. So I appreciate that. Uh, you've gone in to talk about osteoarthritis. Talk to us a little bit about um, rheumatoid arthritis, and you've kind of hinted a little bit, kind of talked and, and dropped a little nuggets about what that is, but more specifically and deliberately, what is rheumatoid arthritis? And you did mention something about the hands. I think that hands, plural, that's, uh, that's important to point out. Tell us a little bit about rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so the one thing I want to go back to, and then I'll get into rheumatoid arthritis sure. is you said about referring out yeah. and not just, I want to mention that this is not just referring out to like a, 
a doctor, like you think of, you know, a medical doctor, refer out to a dietitian, a registered dietitian is a, a fantastic piece of information for someone with arthritis because their diet may severely affect their pain level and their inflammation level and their markers. It, it could be just, you know, changing a couple things about their diet, which could really change the pain and, and swelling level of their body. So that's number one with referring out those two. The other one is that um, with any sort of arthritis comes a really high risk of depression and mm. anxiety and people who experience very high pain levels also tend to experience higher levels of depression. So another thing about referring out is that if you do notice, you know, a constant, you know, where you're getting worried about their mental state and their state of mind, that, that that's another referral that that's not you. And although I joked about, you know, we could be, you know, fitness psychologists, really you aren't Right. There you go. So at the end of the day, you know, know your place, know your role, know your lane. You have an important role, but know your strengths and and be willing to admit, listen, I, I'm not your girl for that. Yeah. And here's who you should go to. And they will respect you. And I mean, this goes for any, you know, course or any trainer, not just for for this, but they people will be lifelong fans if you really, you know, are honest and have that communication with them. So with regards to rheumatoid arthritis, without getting into too sciencey or whatnot, your body mistakes, you know, you have an, we all have an immune system after this worldwide pandemic, we all know very well about the importance of the immune system. But what happens to someone who has, I say rheumatoid arthritis, but it can be any sort of autoimmune disease. Now, we all heard it on the on the news when people were saying, you know, this COVID, people who are immunocompromised. Guess what? Everyone that had arthritis is an autoimmune disease, aside from, you know, an arthritis that's caused from an injury, one of those. Um, you are immunocompromised, which means your immune system is not working correctly. Normally, your immune system is like, soldiers that are like battling out like oh this this disease and this germ and we're like right (laughs) well isn't that great great explanation so what happens is that your soldiers your immune system is like wait 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 who am i fighting oh wait i'm confused and it starts attacking itself so what happens is that instead of fighting off foreign invaders and bacteria and things like that, it starts attacking itself. So it starts attacking various joints in your body. And what does that mean? It starts wearing them away. This is where the issue comes in because now it causes swelling. It causes redness. It causes soreness. Um, If you have psoriatic arthritis, you get big skin patches of dry skin as well. One thing that's really interesting is that if you have one type of autoimmune, you could have symptoms of many others. So sometimes it's really hard to say, oh, you only have psoriatic arthritis because you also have symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who has uh, lupus, which tends to affect your internal organs a little bit more, is not to say that they don't have the same also joint damage as someone with, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. So it's very interesting how they, you know, it's very much um, like I always think of, you know, Parkinson's is considered the snowflake disease because not one person is exactly the same. It's the same for arthritis. I mean, there are certain markers, like if you have um, osteoarthritis, maybe you broke your wrist and you have that left wrist always bothers you when the weather changes or, you know, you, you picked up something too heavy with an autoimmune, you're going to have swelling on both sides. It is going to, you know, you're always going to see, oh, well, your right ankle, oh, your left ankle too. Your left hip, oh, your right hip. Um, So it's never just going to be unilateral if it is an autoimmune. It does show up on both sides. Um, So these are some of the things that that are really important to think of when 
you know, when we talk about the other types, um, but, you know, rheumatoid arthritis is something that is, you know, it can be degenerative, but it's an autoimmune. It is your immune system attacking itself. It can affect your lungs because it's your immune system. Really, what is involved in your immune system? It's everything. Um, and it is something that, you know, once your immune system is broken down, now you're much more likely for infections, for pneumonia, for, and and the list goes on and on. So when, you know, maybe it's not your rheumatoid arthritis that kills you, it's the other things that you're very susceptible to, which is, I'd like to bring this back to what we've just gone through with COVID. It may not be just that disease. It's the fact that you have, you know, an autoimmune and you're diabetic and you're over 80 and you're, you know, so it's, all of this is all related. It's been just right back to that term comorbidities that you talked about. These comorbidities. What do you have? What else do you have? Uh, so when people have, like, for instance, diabetes, we see a huge correlation between that and heart disease. So we know that there are there are comorbidities. It's interesting what you're talking about because we have Christine Conti here who has developed a course called the Arthritis Fitness Specialist. And I think that's important for us to, to look at. Um, what other information is out there? Who are we working with? Who are our clients? And how can we better support them? So she's put together a great program and a, a great course that allows us to actually look in a little bit deeper to this. So uh, with, with osteoarthritis, a little bit more wear and tear. With rheumatoid arthritis, we're looking at an autoimmune disease where your body is attacking your synovial joints and there are certain joints that tend to get attacked a little bit more. So uh, one of the things that I think is also important that she mentioned, and this is important because maybe, maybe by knowing this, you can help support somebody that may have uh, an arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis that doesn't even know that that's happening. And it is the bilateral presentation of arthritis. So usually we see the dips and the pips and the fingers, um, and, and over, a, over a long period of time, you may have seen people's fingers start to flare out like an ulnar deviation of the actual fingers themselves, but it's always bilateral. Same thing in the knees, in the, in the toes, in the ankle, in the hips. It's not just, it may start with one hip. It may start with one knee. It may start with one big toe but it will always be bilateral. That's something that, that we've, I find pretty fascinating that, that your body is suddenly like, you know what, I don't like big toes. And it's just attacking there, but it doesn't tend to stop there. There are major joints that, that your body looks at and starts attacking. And these are things to be familiar with, but knowing that it's bilateral, I think is very, very helpful. So what I'd like to do right now, uh, Christine, are you cool with answering questions that people have put in the chat box? Because if so, we're going to get it happening. Of course. And did you know that gout, which starts in your big toe, uh, is a form of an autoimmune disease? I did not. Yes. So sharp pains. If you wake up in the middle of the night, sharp pains in your big toe, and it could, you know, it usually goes away within about 24 hours. Um that could be a form of arthritis, which is an autoimmune. So some people think like, oh, I eat too much, you know, seafood or salt. I got gout. Gout is an actual autoimmune that can last for a long time. And septic arthritis as well is another form that people, they're like, wait a minute, I'm septic. Is that, isn't that like poison or yeah, yeah you can get an infection that causes septic arthritis. So if maybe, maybe you got a cut on your knee. I don't know and you bacteria gets into it, you didn't treat it properly, that could actually affect, like you said, you know, we talk about different joints in your body or synovial fluid, that can actually develop into um, something called septic arthritis. Oh, good to know, scary to know, but good to know. Uh, with that being said, let's go to Eric, who is our producer and who you communicated with in order to, to get everybody to get set up on the show. He's over there looking at the questions that are coming through, and he's got a question for you. So go ahead, Eric. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you too, guys. Uh, Mark wants to know, my shins do eventually start to hurt as I try to improve my long-distance running. 
does that have anything to do with arthritis? There are so many places we can go with this, Mark. So many. As a as a runner myself, um, who is about to embark on a hundred mile race in about four days. Oh my everyone, goodness! Everyone, start praying. Okay, yeah. I mean you. This is it. You keep yourself healthy as much as you can. You do what you can. So the thing that I always say with, um, you know, with, with shins, things like that, what are your calves like? How tight are your quadricep muscles? How tight are your hamstrings? Because many times um, by looking at how tight your muscles are first, let's look at that. Then let's see if that is affecting your shins. Now, does that have to do with arthritis? Um, I want you to think of more arthritis as you would see that in the joints. So, you know, not so much in the shins as I would say your knees and your ankles. Take a look at your knees and your ankles first. See if something's going on with the knees and the ankles before, you know, jumping to conclusions with the shins. But there is, you know, really start, and I go into a whole bunch about myofascial release and, and rolling, um, really getting the, the blood flowing to the muscles um, to really help with, you know, damage and repairs. But, um, you know, some people say that, that ice helps. Um, but I would start there. I would start with stretching. What do you do in a stretch? What are you doing to recover? And, and take a look at the knees and the ankles. Yeah, good points. I also would like to point out that if uh, if while you're running, you look at your position and how you're running. If you're doing some heel strikes, then the deceleration of plantar flexion uh, really fires up those dorsiflexors. So if you're a heel strike runner, then be aware that that could have an issue and going along with the tight calves, think about the corrective exercise, um, uh, the corrective exercise continuum, where we will do inhibit, lengthen, activate, and integrate, and kind of go through that, where you look at the calves, which Christine mentioned, tight calves, in inhibit them, lengthen them, go into an activation for your anterior tibialis, and try to give it a little bit more strength, and then start going into some more functional movement patterns, maybe some squats, so you integrate the stretch on one side with the strengthening on the other, and see if that starts to slowly get you back into your movement without pain, and, and if it does not, Go get it checked out. Go get it checked out. Go see a physical therapist and make sure that you are taking care of you. So with that being said, thank you so much for that question. And I do believe we have another question in queue. So Eric. We do. Hi again, guys. Christian is asking, if I have a client with arthritis, is it ever safe to have them progress to heavy weight lifts if that is their goal? This is a uh, this is a loaded question, um, Christian. Because number one, what type of arthritis do they have? That's the first thing. Uh, where is it? Um, do they want to heavy lift and they have arthritis in their spine? That's a terrible idea. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, I the peer, I what period the end? Do they have arthritis in their knees and their hips? I, putting that extra pressure on their knees and hips and ankles even, or feet, wherever it, wherever it comes up is, is not a good idea. I'm, I'm going to say it right there. Um, what is your goal? Is his goal to, you know, get a, is it juvenile arthritis? And is this someone that's young, that's looking to get a scholarship in college? Are they looking to be in the Olympics? What is the, what's the cost? What's the calculated risk at this point? Um, there's a point where you have to ask your client, listen, here, here is what could happen. You know, as a, for me, I say as a arthritis fitness specialist, here are your risks. I will tell you that this could happen if we do this, put the ball in their court. Um, again, if that is, you know, if their goal and like for myself right now, I used to be this high level athlete. Listen, my dreams of being the Olympics, they're gone, but I still do some crazy things, but I do them to a point where I know my body. Are they always super safe? I mean, I'm hoping, but you, you know, you, you calculate the risks of what's going on. Um, you know, my, my race in a couple of days, I'm not going to be running the whole time, be fast walking, you know, because you know, your body with the lifting again, 
as a, even as a coach, it's, it's a difficult place to be in. Um, is it functionality? That's, that's where we're at. Do they want 80 years of really great pain-free movement or is it 80 years of, well, the last 40, I was in complete excruciating pain and I had five knee replacements and a hip. That is, that is my, my go-to answer is calculate the risks and what are the goals? Because Think about major league, um, you know, baseball players, football players who, if you ha- think of Captain America, you know, if you had a choice to take the the serum, the super soldier serum, because that was that was in your fate and you could help the world, you'd probably do it. Uh, but it's got to be up to you. I agree. If uh, I, another one that I, I like to say a lot is. Do what you can't, not what do what you can, not what you can't. And there are a lot of people out there doing what they can't. So be aware of that, and also just know that you're putting together a progressive exercise routine. So you start your process, you slowly be build them up. If it doesn't work for their bodies, then you slowly you lower not well rapidly probably lower them back down, but. You know, it's it's a progressive program. It's a systematic development of what somebody can do. And you'll figure that out. So if their goal is to lift heavy and you start off light and you progress them and they get better and better and they don't hurt. I mean, isn't that why you shouldn't do anything anyway, which is because it hurts. So if it does hurt, it's your job to back them down. If it doesn't hurt, then just start continue your progressive exercise program. So thank you so much, Christian, for that question. And I believe we'll do one more question if we have one more. Is that right, Eric? We do. We do. Alan is asking, how does the temperature of the pool affect arthritis in pool Mm. workouts? That's a really good question. And I don't know the answer to that. I will pull the, uh, I will pull the, I will have to look that up now. Um, I do know that pool workouts are absolutely fantastic for arthritis. However, um, I do want to mention that many people with overuse injuries, also arthritis in their shoulders or their hips, when we're swimming a lot, it actually does cause some flare ups. So just, you know, in general, be careful with what you're doing. You may not realize the amount of tension that you are putting on those muscles, um, the amount of force when you pull, you know, when you're, when you're swimming, um, as for the water, I want to think about cold water is normally, what does it normally do? It constricts, you know, blood, it reduces swelling. Now, super hot water. I think of a jacuzzi, right? Those temperatures that are really hot. Many times that does not help with swelling. Think about just the normal heat, you know, constricting the blood vessels versus opening them. Personally, I don't know the exact answer to that, but I'm just going back to just basic science of the cooler the water, I would think would be better for arthritis, especially if you're someone swimming. I think of Olympic swimmers. I have a son who's a a extremely competitive swimmer, and it's always you know, the cooler, what they, what they teach them is that you don't want the water very, very warm. You want it to feel cool when you get in because you do heat up. So I would go with that, um, you know, with that piece of advice, but I will definitely look into that. And if you want to email me, I will get back to you on that one. Perfect. Thank you so much, Christine. And with that being said, this is Christine Conti, who's put together the the arthritis fitness specialist. And so I'm going to give this over to you one more time to tell a little about yourself and to uh, exactly what you said uh, with Alex is providing uh, your email address. So your email address, how people can get in touch with you, your social media, how people can find the course. So go ahead and give them those details. All right. So I am Christine Conti. I am the author of the, let's see, the Arthritis Fitness Specialist course. I know it's a mouthful, but as someone who has been in the fitness industry and full-time in the business of fitness for the past five years and 25, 20 years total, um, it has been a long journey. And after having my own diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis 11 years ago and realizing that this was my passion, 
having a grandmother who passed away from complications of the same disease, I felt it was my gift that I was given in life that instead of taking this as a, oh, what was me? It was, this is my gift. And the passion and education I've put behind researching about how to help other people live more quality lives through educating them about arthritis and now taking the fitness professional and beyond and giving them the tools in order to best meet the needs of everyone with different types of arthritis has been um, an unbelievable journey for myself. And I'm so excited to share this with all of you. So this has been done through the MedFit Network. So you can actually go to medfitnetwork.org and look for courses. It's under the MedFit Education Foundation. It's the Arthritis Fitness Specialist course. And my name is Christine Conti. If you have any questions for me, um, aside from, you know, after hearing this and, you know, I do work with um, a lot of fall prevention. I work with facial exercise and rehabilitation. All of this is is very much in the same um, ballpark as, you know, arthritis and that clientele. My email is very easy. Info at Conti, C-O-N-T-I fit.com, just like my last name. So info at ContiFit.com. Any questions you have, you can follow me on social media with Facebook is Christine Conti. On Instagram, it's get underscore Conti fit. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to follow. And of course, if you ever want to hear any other fun information, um, I am the owner and co-host of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast, which is also lots of inspiration and fitness and wellness and nutrition. And you can find that anywhere you stream a podcast. And with that said, Rick, thank you so much for having me today and I'm so proud of you for all the work that you're doing and everything that you're doing to just educate people to make you know lives better and and that's what this is all about we're in this together this is not a you know I'm alone here I I call it I don't like to be on Christine Island I like to have a lot of people with me it's a much better party so Rick thank you uh, Christine, oh, thank you so much for being here, being a part of this, and and sharing your knowledge with us. And I do hope that uh, that a lot of people will tune in, especially those who have clients that they're working with, and in the future when they get clients that you're working with, that you can really delve deeper into means at which you can support those clients. So continuing education is always valuable to, to us. So that's what we're looking for as the National Academy of Sports Medicine, wanting to help educate people. So uh, I do hope that you get a lot out of this and thank you so much for your time being on the course. And then I look forward in the next month or so to actually have my course completed with the type two diabetes fitness specialist. And we'll see what happens with that one. So uh, again, Christine, thank you so much for everything that you've done. And thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do so. My name is Rick Ritchie, most uh, available on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can hit me up in email. It is rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thank you so much for your time. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.